are the lab doctors. I'm Amanda. I'm Dorothy. And I'm Zhao Yong. We are biomedical researchers who realize we still have a lot to learn about science. So why not join us on this quest? Hey guys, welcome back to another installation of Food Month. On this episode of Today We Learn, we will be talking about food allergies. Woo. In case you missed it, Today We Learn episodes are the ones where we answer questions based on what we know. We go home, do some research, and regroup in part two to tell you what we have found. Okay, so I guess why we came up with this topic is because we were wondering if we can get allergic, allergic, if we allergic, are, we can get allergies from and can we develop? No, can we develop allergies from anything? Allergies. I don't know if I can cut that out, but if I can't, just just start again. It's fine. But that's just the nature of the podcast. I'm just it's gonna fine, leave fine, all I of this. In. I think it's good. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, sure. But yeah, so can we develop allergies for anything or everything? I, and all I everything? really think so. I really think... Have you heard of... What, what are some random, most random allergies you've heard of? I heard of allergy to sunlight. Mm. Oh. Yeah. That was a movie, right? I feel like I watched I, a trailer. I was it? Um, For me, it was in ARMY. There was this other guy in the company that was allergic to sunlight. Oh, man. Yeah. Then how? Cannot... Yeah, cannot just, solve more? Wouldn't he be like pest... C or E or something? He did BNT. And then after that, when he went into unit and then suddenly he just became a club. Oh, that kind of sucks. That I suck. don't know about y'all, but uh, there's this story about... I think it's this girl who is allergic to almost all foods except 8 or 15 types of food. <gasps> so is it not even just type of food, meaning this kind of bread and this kind of rice, not even like all the vegetables she can eat kind of thing. What? I'm pretty sure that's a real, not a TV show It, it sounds real. It's like, sound, sounds like one of those unbelievable stories that people Yeah, so she publish. can only eat these few food items and you cannot even mix sauce or whatever if, she, if she's... Al- so she only can eat these specific uh, food things. So I think you can be allergic to almost uh, anything. How does she How does she get even get nutrients from anything then? You, know? you have to plan... Plan yeah, your food. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, it's like if you can't take in so supplements, many different maybe? types of food. Supplements, like, maybe? I don't know. Can she eat supplements? Uh, I don't know. Well, but for me, like, I know one friend last time, uh-huh. She she's allergic to grass. So it's like not something you can eat. Right. Oh, wait, it's like, it's like a sunlight thing. She right. cannot, like, touch grass, but she can eat vegetables. Yeah, because mm. it's the... Something that's secreted by grass, right? Specifically. Yeah, maybe through the skin or something. Like if you all watch Parasite, you know the peach, the peach fur... Wait, that's Paris. Wait, was someone right? was someone allergic to pe- the peach the fur? maid, right? The aunt, the, the auntie, the helper auntie. Oh right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. Remember yeah, then yeah. he sure. just put the peach fur. You all watch Parasite before, yeah, 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 me, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but I just remember how they kill each other and not. <laughs> <laughs> no, he he put the peach fur in the pen and then he just yeah, yeah, opened yeah. the pen cap and when she like, was flick, walking by. Flick it yeah, her. yeah. So I think that's the grass one. Okay, so I guess for this episode, we're more talking about food allergies, right? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because it's a food episode. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. (laughs) It's a food month. It's food month. Yes, food month. Yay. Yeah, so the three types of food allergies that we are interested in is peanut. So peanut and I guess most other different types of food allergies like seafood that can trigger anaphylaxis. Yeah, that's one category. Another one would be lactose intolerance and lastly, gluten intolerance or sensitivity. So shall we talk about peanuts first? Sure. Sure. Are we the most familiar with peanuts? Yeah. Because I am. I mean, I'm not even familiar, but that's the only thing I know out of the three. 
Because we learned I thought it you had like, a peanut allergy uh, and no, I was like, I'm what? I'm not allergic to it. I'm not even allergic to seafood, but I don't eat seafood. Right. Except fish. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like a preference thing. Yeah. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I guess... Wow, smooth, smooth. <laughs> I guess for peanut, it's like we learned it in secondary school or something like that. It's the yeah. G6PD... It's a receptor, right? Oh my gosh, actually, oh I don't gosh. even know. <laughs> is it? I don't think so. I can't G6P. remember. I G6 thought it's a peanut IgG. Oh, 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 it's like you're lacking the G6PD protein. <laughs> is G6PD allergy? I thought G6PD was the Panadol one. Huh? Is it? I don't know. I can't remember. Is that the ibuprofen uh, one? I desperately want to Google to it right it. now, but yeah, it goes also. against the rules of our... Uh, oh we can't. Wait, we no, can. I really thought it's G6PD. It's I, like you're lacking something. You're lacking a protein or something. Yeah, you're lacking an enzyme to break oh, down yeah. a certain protein, right? Is it? I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I think remember. so. I think so. Okay, you can say your theory first and then I was maybe I'll say my theory later. See whether it kind of lines up. Yeah. Okay, so basically G6PD is something to do with G6PD. Okay. And then after that, it will just trigger the anaphylaxis reaction, which is something we commonly hear of nowadays with the yeah. COVID vaccines and stuff like yeah. that. So it basically triggers like histamine and... um a lot of histamines being released in your in your body. Yeah. And then that would cause a lot of different things like your your airways might close. Yeah. Your different parts of the body might swell. Yeah. Because it's just the immune reaction to mm. the whole body. Yeah. Okay, so I mean for mine, I think it's similar to yours at the end, the histamine part. Yeah. But then I thought the it was the peanut IgG. So IgG is immunoglobulin G, but it's just some fancy name for a type of antibody, right? Yeah, yeah. they're your own body producers. Yeah. So the peanut is the antigen, <laughs> which the antibody recognizes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, it's actually not harmful, but your body recognizes it as harmful. Yeah. So then that triggers the mast cell. So mast cells are an immune cell to release histamine and then this release of histamine can happen all over your body which is why you have all the different allergic symptoms so as Dorothy said your airways close that but it can also cause things like swelling of the lips and uh, itchiness and all this has to do with yeah Yeah. with inflammation basically so I don't know I always thought it was the IgG but I could be wrong maybe we're both right maybe maybe we're both right but I think that's um, what most other allergies would be classified under so basically your body is recognizing this food for example peanuts or seafood as something that is toxic but it's actually not yeah so Mm. because it recognizes it as uh, a pathogen then it will attack it and in turn attack your I mean it will produce antibodies against it so then it will attack cause an immune reaction to it yeah when it's not required and that's why you get all these symptoms yeah that was (laughs) i don't even know if that made sense i mean it made sense to me okay i think we hit 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 a few things (laughs) but not deep maybe 10 point question maybe we can get five points (laughs) (laughs) or three (laughs) i'm not very confident (laughs) just need the keywords actually in our science exams (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of keywords there. I feel histamine, like... antibody. Yeah. <laughs> okay, what about lactose intolerance? Okay, yeah. so I think this one is an enzyme called lactase, which I think a lot of people have heard of, especially for those yeah. people who are 
are more susceptible to the effects of milk. So that there's these pills called lactase pills, which you can take before you're about to consume any dairy. And then apparently that gives you less symptoms at the end. So you won't get as much tummy upset and diarrhea and all that. So I'm pretty sure lactose intolerance is caused by a lack of lactase. Yeah. Because if you can take lactase pills and feel better, then that's just an artificial production of that enzyme that breaks down right. milk, right? Yeah, so it's not really classically an allergy per se, mm. right? So what is not, an allergy actually? I think it has to involve your immune system and your immune system fighting against your body, something like mm. that. So when right? we talk about lactose intolerance, it's just your digestive system and not an allergy? Yeah, like your body just can't digest lactose. Lactose, yeah. yeah. So we should call the podcast topic like allergies or intolerance, intolerance. not just intolerance. <laughs> but we have to be but inclusive. But the topic from allergies. Yeah. And does lactose come from like where do that our body produces lactose, right? Or is it some bacteria in the in the gut? So it can also be the bacteria that helps produce and break down. So they say if you have a good enough, I think uh, a good enough gut microbiome actually it would be able to help with all these intolerances. Um, yeah. Oh, and apparently, actually, a lot of people are lactose intolerant, but there's a spectrum. So a lot of yeah. Asians actually are mm. yeah, uh, lactose intolerant, and yeah. it will increase with age. Means you will be That's more what intolerant. I feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It is, it is, it is. It's super common in Asians, actually. Yeah. Wait, because, why? Why would okay, we grow older? Because if you think about it, as a baby, right? If you drink, we have you are to supposed drink to be drinking breast milk, right? Mm. Yeah. And we are not intolerant to lactose at that point in time right mm, oh, yeah. actually maybe some babies are some babies are I think they get very bad yeah, yeah then they have to take like soy or some other yeah, kind yeah. of milk yeah yeah correct but in general I think most people aren't so as you go mm-hmm. older because you take less and less milk so your body it's like epigenetics your body slowly gets used to the fact that your system just doesn't really get that much lactose and you and don't need to produce just... so much lactase anymore oh. yeah yeah. So you can kind of maybe you can train it a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they say if as a child to teenager, if you still constantly have milk in your diet, you actually might not lose lactase production. You might actually be able to continue mm. it. But once you stop producing lactase, you can't really get it back. And that's why intolerance oh. is more or less permanent. Yeah. Oh, so oh. just for the benefit of the listeners, what is epigenetics? Basically, it's the changing of the expression of some of your genes that is part of your DNA that occurs due to environmental factors. So like not drinking milk. So not the actual sequence of your DNA that is affecting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're not getting mutated. It's just your genes stop being expressed. Particularly in this case, the lactase gene, the expression is lowered or it completely stops expressing. Yeah. Mm. And that's why nomadic tribes or cultures that have a lot of cows or goats, where they drink a lot of milk, they don't, they uh-huh. are, they don't have people that are lactose intolerant because they oh. have to have it as, you know, their daily intake for nutrition. Whereas I oh. guess if you think about it, Asian diets don't always contain a lot of milk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, okay, mm. okay. Fair enough, yeah. fair enough. And that's why a lot of Asians are lactose intolerant. On a spectrum, on the spectrum. On the spectrum. Okay, so that's lactose intolerance. So would gluten intolerance or sensitivity be similar? And what is celiac? 
Disease. How do you spell Disease. celiac? So that is depending on British or American. So British would be C O E L I A C, and then what's that? For, okay, yeah. For uh, sorry, for US would be C E L I A C, just without the O. Uh. So basically, cilia is just these brush-like protrusions that we have on some of our cells. So yeah. like fingers. Oh, sorry, I was doing that. Yeah, thing. like yeah, yeah. It's like our fingers. It's like finger-like projections. So mm. imagine um the cells in your intestines, or in fact your airway also has it, but it's different types of cells. So in your intestines, these cilia form structures called villi and microvilli so these small finger-like projections help you absorb food mm. mm-hmm. because there's more surface area yeah, yeah yeah if you think about it in your finger as like when your fingers are spread apart versus when your fingers are closed yeah there's a lot more surface area for mm-hmm. uh nutrients to enter your system Mm -hmm. so celiac disease comes from this term and it's because your cilia in your intestines get destroyed and they are no longer present to absorb food well destroyed by what yes so that is the gluten allergy and why celiac disease um forms so we should call it gluten intolerance right Oh yeah, gluten. It's actually gluten intolerance. I'm not sure if it's an allergy. It's more of an autoimmune disorder. I would yeah. say. Oh, but autoimmune yeah. disorders are kind of allergies, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's your immune system going whack. Yeah, so autoimmune right, disorders yeah. is when your immune system attacks yourself. So it recognizes your own cells as pathogens or your yeah. own things from your own body as pathogens and attacks as your foreign. own body. Yeah. Yeah. So for gluten intolerance, uh, it's because the gluten that is present in wheat, barley, rye, I think, yeah. when they get absorbed by the small intestines, the cells, these finger-like projections, your body recognizes it as a foreign cell or for a pathogen, basically a foreign foreign object because they of these proteins that get expressed and then um oh. sorry not expressed, like put on its surface. So your your immune cells recognize it as foreign and your immune cells attack your small intestine. Oh, so actually it, it sounds allergy like, doesn't it? It's allergy autoimmune because your Wait. your body recognizes it and it attacks your own Body Wait, I don't understand. So that means like you are saying the gluten there's things, there's proteins in the gluten that that bind to your intestines and actually for that part I'm not too sure so I'm and not then sure if it becomes foreign like no, no, no. and then so, I'm, um, I'm lost <laughs> yeah I'm not too sure how it works but I think it is so we can look into it later yeah, and see course, whether definitely. or not I'm correct yeah so gluten itself is a protein so when yeah. it's broken down and absorbed into your cells they somehow package it as a foreign marker and express it on the cell surface and that's how your immune cells are able to identify and target other cells right because they express okay. these foreign particles immune cells can recognize it yeah and then it will attack your stomach and that's why gluten allergies or intolerances are dangerous because when it attacks your small intestines it prevents you from getting nutrients and mm. so you could be eating develop, a lot but not yeah. you still be malnourished even though you're yeah, eating exactly. the right things because you're not actually absorbing the nutrients you're just letting it pass through your system oh wow the sounds expert terrible <laughs> sounds a lot worse than lactose intolerance oh yeah, yeah. for sure i think because lactose yeah. is just less and less of the enzyme whereas gluten intolerance is actually even so for lactose intolerance if you drink a small portion of milk maybe you won't feel as bad but yeah, yeah. was saying i think we were talking about it and gluten intolerance is even if you 
take in small portions of gluten, it will really affect you. It will already affect yeah. you. Right. Yeah. So it's not as if it's irreversible. If you cut gluten off your diet, you should be able to regain back your your small intestine and the function of your small intestines. But mm. it, you must really cut it off your diet completely. Which, which is means, so difficult because mm. gluten is in yeah. everything. It's really in everything. Like Dorothy it's said bread, oh. but also anything that contains flour. So all the pastries, mm. cakes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Most noodles. Uh, so but there will be gluten-free like flour or something, right? Yeah, 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 they are. Oh, but so, you but you can't just buy things randomly from the shops around. Yeah, you can't. Like you that. must really be Oh, that's tough. You must really that's look tough. at what has gluten and what doesn't. So it's insane. Mm. The journey <laughs> is difficult. Oh. Okay, so I think we talked quite a bit on all the three different types. We definitely have more or less some background, I would say, for everything, mm, but it's just the, the details. <laughs> right. So we'll definitely look it up and get back to you soon on, on peanut and seafood allergies, lactose intolerance, and also gluten intolerance or sensitivity. Bye. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. No, yeah. not bye. Stay tuned. Yeah, yeah. stay tuned. <laughs> Okay, welcome back to part two of food allergies. So let's just jump into it. Um, firstly, we'll talk about peanut, seafood, and any other common types of allergies. Okay, so we were talking about peanut and seafood and how they eventually might lead to anaphylaxis. So anaphylaxis is a severe and potentially life-threatening allergic, allergic, allergic <laughs> reaction. <laughs> <laughs> and these um, can be food allergies such as peanut, fish, shellfish, etc. Or it can be non-food, like a bee sting or a sensitivity to latex or certain medications. So what happens during this kind of allergy is that an antigen, which is a certain structure on the food or whatever you are allergic to, mm -hmm. will be recognized by the MHC class 2 antigen-presenting cell. So as the name suggests, the antigen-presenting cell will present the antigen to a T-cell. So this is an immune cell. Right. Yeah. And in this case, it will be presented to a type 2 T cell. Okay. So a type 2 T helper cell will release certain signals that activate the B cells, so many alphabets, which is another type of immune cells, yeah. to release IgE. We interrupt this podcast for a short message by the editor. Hey everyone, Zhao Yong again. So after this, Dorothy mentioned that allergic responses are due to IgE as mentioned in the first part. So in the first part, Amanda actually says that it is due to IgG. So they are both correct in a sense. IgE is responsible for the more classical type of allergic response, which is what we know as anaphylaxis. IgG is more in charge of a delayed immune response that has to do with more inflammatory conditions. Now back to your regularly scheduled podcast episode, I guess. So IgE is what you've heard from our part one is a type of antibody that binds to receptors on another kind of immune cells called mast cells <laughs> and this trigger the mast cells to burst open and release a lot of histamine. And histamine is something we're all very familiar with. We should be familiar with already. Okay. So in another mechanism, the allergens may directly bind to the receptors of mast cells and cause them to burst open and release histamine. 
depending yeah. on what kind of allergen you have. So histamine, what it does, it does a lot of things. It can cause your blood vessels to dilate and therefore you get low blood pressure, dizziness. The blood vessels also become more leaky, which in a normal process, in a normal immune reaction, is necessary for white blood cells to leave your blood vessels into your tissues to fight off any foreign objects. But in an allergy, this extra leakiness of your blood vessels would cause teary eyes, runny nose and swelling and like your hives, bumps and all this in your skin. Yeah. Right. It also causes the muscles in the airways to contract so you might feel breathless or suffocated. Right. And histamine also works with the nerves to cause itchiness. Just note that, you know, as compared to a normal person, I mean, in a normal person, histamine is always working whenever there's foreign particles that you are exposed to in your body. Yeah. But an allergy comes in when your immune system is overreacting to what is what we call normally harmless. Right. Mm. And usually the immune response is also very targeted, right? Yeah. Whereas in allergic responses, because the, the antigen or the allergen can be anywhere in your body so yeah. it, it kind of activates just everywhere yeah which is what is also kind of dangerous yeah in food allergies like maybe sometimes it can be as long as it touches your mouth that's why you get like maybe yeah. swelling of the lips or this kind of thing but yeah. sometimes it might be i guess a little bit slower when it's digested and then maybe there's certain kind right. of things that cause the reaction right so i think we got most of it correct like we got uh-huh. the IG and the histamine part correct, but I realized the whole G6PD part was wrong. I wanted to find out what G6PD is and I I feel like, yeah, we were so wrong. So anyway, just to clarify, so G6PD uh, is glucose 6-phosphate dehydrogenase and this deficiency in this particular protein is not related to peanut allergies, but fava beans. Oh, Okay. Yeah, now now that I read of it and I'm like, oh yeah, I I guess we learned this before. So G6PD is required for our red blood cells to work and protect them from substances in the blood that could harm them. Without sufficient G6PD protein or a malfunctioning G6PD protein, the red blood cell will lyse and this process is called hemolysis. So although most individuals are asymptomatic, it can lead to acute hemolytic anemia, which is low blood, that can cause discomfort and dizziness. And in some more severe cases, like in children, it can cause symptoms such as jaundice. Right. So it's just something else. Fun fact. Cool. And I guess that's like for a lot of the allergens, but let's go into something more specific like lactose. I guess it's very different. Yeah. Yeah. So I think in the first part, we were correct in saying that lactose intolerance is not purely an allergy. It's actually more of just a reaction that your body has to milk or Mm. specifically lactose. Mm. So lactose intolerance actually affects about 75% of the world's population. (laughs) Yeah, because like you said also, it's a spectrum thing. So it's basically when a person experiences digestive problems when they eat dairy of any form. So from the obvious things like milk, yogurt and cheese, but even things like butter, chocolates, Milo, certain soups, breads, and cakes may contain milk. Yeah. Mm. So you may uh, have an, her reaction to that as well. Right. Mm. So as the term suggests, it is caused by an inability to digest lactose, which is the main carbohydrate in dairy products. 
So this is mostly due to insufficient production of the enzyme lactase, which we got correct as well in the first part. Yeah. Okay, so a bit of science. Lactose is a disaccharide, meaning it consists of two simple sugars, glucose and galactose. So lactase, the enzyme, is responsible for breaking lactose down into these simple sugars. And in this, in this form, the glucose and galactose, they can be absorbed into the bloodstream and used for energy. However, when lactase is insufficient, lactose, so lactose, moves through our gut undigested, causing digestive symptoms such as bloating, diarrhea, and abdominal cramps. Ooh. So how do these happen? So diarrhea is actually caused by undigested lactose in the small intestines, which cause water to move into the digestive tract. When the lactose reaches the colon, it is fermented by the bacteria in your gut, forming short chains, fatty acids, and gas, which in turn causes bloating, flatulence, or farting, <laughs> and uh, abdominal cramps. Right. Ah. Yeah, so that's how you feel the digestive symptoms of uh, lactose if you are intolerant. So there are actually two types of intolerance, so primary and secondary. Right. So primary is the most common and it's caused by a decrease in lactase production. So this can happen with age, as we said. Yeah. Oh. And um, also population studies have estimated that lactose intolerance is highest amongst Asians and Africans at about 60 to 80% and lowest amongst Europeans who register around 5-17% to 17 in the population. Oh, that's so unfair. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, I but think, it, yeah, what Chao Yong said was the diet, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be that. Oh, because right. milk is, is a major constituent in more mm. European countries. Okay, so secondary lactose intolerance is termed that way because it is caused by something else, such as a stomach or celiac disease, and is primarily due to inflammation in the gut wall that can lead to a temporary decline in lactase. So the decrease in lactase is due to something else. That's why it's called secondary. Oh. Right. So I guess the last thing to note about lactose intolerance is it is not a yes or no kind of condition, which we said previously as well. It mm. is more of a spectrum. Right. So the degree of lactose someone can tolerate differs from person to person. So if you feel more lactose intolerant as you age, just remember to get your calcium from other food sources such as broccoli, soybeans, fortified non-dairy milk or tofu and kale. And like we also mentioned, it is possible to buy lactase enzyme supplements to help you digest lactose. However, the effectiveness of these products vary amongst different individuals. Yeah, so right. that's the short spiel on lactose intolerance. Yay, Great. I'm so clear about it now. <laughs> yeah. I just keep thinking like milk would be related to fat, but it's more of a glucose kind of, it's like a sugar kind of thing. So I guess besides lactose intolerance, we also talked about gluten intolerance in the first part. So how does that come right. about? Okay, so I realized we didn't really talk about what exactly gluten is. Yeah. I think we didn't basically, know. <laughs> We're like, what is gluten? Yeah. <laughs> it's such a Western thing, I feel. <laughs> Firstly, so gluten is it's just a protein that's present in, in, but may not be limited to wheat, rye, barley, spelt, and kamut, kamut, kamut. K-A-M-U-T. I have no idea what that is. No idea what that is. I should have Googled it, but I didn't. <laughs> uh, Can I Google yeah, it now? I'm so curious. Oh, it's a type of yeah. wheat. Oh, it's a type of wheat. Oh. Yeah. yeah, so that's why for people who are gluten intolerant or sensitive, the biggest, how do you say, contributor is wheat. And because wheat is present in almost everything from bread to like, I don't know, pastries. Noodles. And it's just processed in so many places, you can just get exposed to it very easily yeah and so for gluten intolerance and sensitivity it's also kind of a spectrum 
So hmm. the most severe type of gluten intolerance is in people who have this thing called celiac disease. Mm-hmm. So what exactly happens is that uh, when you consume gluten, your immune system mounts an attack on your own small intestines. So how oh. this is different from, let's say, like an allergy is that allergy is just your immune re- system responding. So it's overdrive causing inflammation. Yeah. Okay. Whereas for an autoimmune response, it's when your immune system attacks your body. Oh. So that's the very specific difference here um, between allergies and autoimmune diseases. And so celiac disease is an autoimmune disease because um, your immune system attacks your small intestines, causing, like what we said in the first part, causing um, your small intestine to lose its finger-like projections and then this causes nutrient uh, malabsorption. Right. And yeah. And actually, celiac disease has a reported prevalence of about 0.5 to 1% of the population, general population. Wow. And in Asia, it's about 0.5%. So That's actually, it's a lot. quite a significant number That's of people like one actually in 200 have. people. Yeah. And it's only, in a sense, uh, why more people are realizing it exists is also because of like more sensitive tests that are available nowadays. Whereas mm. in the past, maybe people didn't really know that they were gluten intolerant and they just continued eating yeah, as per right, normal. True. Yeah. So so there is an increase in prevalence because of awareness and also increased testing, but uh, it has been around since forever. Yeah. Mm. Um. So I think I'll just lay out a bit of the symptoms yeah. uh, of gluten intolerance and gluten sensitivity. So again, the sensitivity later, but the symptoms of celiac disease is that um, it's very similar to a lot of conditions that has to do with the bowels. So like <laughs> abdominal bloating and gas, which sounds like you know, lactose, lactose intolerance. intolerance. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Nausea and vomiting, which also sounds like lactose intolerance. <laughs> um, stomach pains, chronic diarrhea, constipation, pale or uh, foul-smelling stool. Uh, malnutrition also. So that causes fatigue, anemia, depression and anxiety and headaches. So depression and anxiety because of lack of resources to your brain and then your brain doesn't really function that optimally. And then lastly, um, the immune-related symptoms or inflammation-related symptoms include um, osteoporosis, joint pain, infertility or frequent miscarriages and also missed menstrual periods. So all these are due to dysregulation of your body's hormonal cycles because of increased inflammation. Yeah. Wow, so actually it can affect quite a big part of your life. Yeah, serious. celiac disease, like the most severe celiac disease actually is quite bad then. If you yeah, really experience and, all these things. And long term... Uh, if you have celiac disease long term without intervention it can lead to a lot of other serious problems and a Mm. lot of other serious autoimmune disorders and it can also even lead to intestinal cancer or colorectal cancer yeah so then there's also non-celiac gluten sensitivity so this is on the lighter side of the spectrum so interestingly enough there's no way to actually tell whether or not you have non-celiac gluten sensitivity the only possible way to diagnose is to see whether or not you have the symptoms after you eat things that contain gluten. So mm. um, some of the symptoms include mental fatigue. So it's like, again, because of But the symptom is so general, you know. Yeah, it's very, it's very general. It's so overlapping with the celiac disease. Yeah, exactly. But the thing about non-celiac gluten sensitivity is um, you might have the symptoms, but they cannot detect it from typical methods of trying to diagnose a celiac disease. Yeah. Yeah. So the symptoms include fatigue, mental fatigue, again, gas, bloating, abdominal pain, and also headaches. So yeah, it's just mild, in a sense, milder symptoms. It's not that bad, to celiac right? disease. 
yeah, um, you probably won't develop, you know, the long term effects, more severe, yeah, chronic diseases. But mm. but you definitely get a lot of discomfort and like yeah, definitely you know, unpleasant symptoms when you eat gluten. Yeah, so sadly. As of now, there isn't really any treatment for gluten intolerance and gluten sensitivity. All you can do is don't just don't avoid. It. And <sighs> it's very sad because it's really in everything. And yeah, yeah and it's in soy even sauce. a small amount yeah. would cause like a very big reaction. And I see. It's sad. Well, I, I guess it's sad. Heavy, no. I'm thankful for that. <laughs> so, okay, so the thing about um, gluten sensitivity and gluten intolerance is also it can develop at any stage in your mm. life. So you can be gluten tolerant <gasps> for your whole life, but some really stressful event might just trigger it to happen. Yeah, it's random. It's oh, sad. Oh man, okay, I shouldn't have said it too fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but I feel like awareness for it, at least in, in Asiatic Asian. countries. So like mm. what Dorothy said before, is a Western disease because... <laughs> Like they seem to make a big deal of it in uh, the Western countries, but like in Asia, it's still not really that big uh, a topic. And so I feel I like think, a lot uh, of people may have it, but they just don't know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. Because one of the risk factors is definitely genetics. Mm. So if someone in your family has it, there's an increased risk of you also have actually having some type of sensitivity to gluten. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So that's all for the different types of food intolerances that someone might have or can have. Hopefully, y'all learn something from all of this. Or if y'all have another specific type of food, I don't know, intolerance, sensitivity, allergy that you feel that yeah. we can talk about, do let us know as well. Yep. And as usual, subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Spotify. A like and a comment would really help us a lot. You can also follow our social media, Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Feel free to DM us any questions. Alternatively, you can email us at thelabdoctors at gmail.com. So um, you should also check out the episode description where we'll post helpful links for everything that we've talked about. And if you like this podcast, please share it with your friends. We would really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.